you have to understand what a, what a gift really is. Gift is something that you, that you receive, but your gift is not truly just a gift for you. It is an investment. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I met my boy, David E. Simons. Yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Discover my gift, yeah, yeah. Welcome to another episode of How I Discovered My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. Let me tell you about our guest today. I truly have an honor and a pleasure of presenting to you Ken Hartley. Ken Hartley is an inspirational speaker, an accomplished singer, a talented illusionist, a skilled actor, a best-selling author, a gifted teacher, and a transformation agent. He has been a singer and an actor on stage and screen since he was five years old. He's also performed as a professional illusionist all over the world, has authored several books, and has released two solo CDs. He's a certified speaker, trainer, and coach with the John Maxwell team, as well as an advanced certified human behavior consultant with Personality Insights and Dr. Robert Rome. As an inspirational speaker, He has shared the stage with speakers like Rudy Giuliani, Colin Powell, James Smith, Deltor McNeil, Zig Ziglar, Mike Huckabee, and Dr. John C. Maxwell. Wow, that's quite a a list there. His skills have also been featured on television networks like Fox, ABC, NBC, CBS, TBN, Daystar, and Inspiration Network. He loves to encourage and challenge people to overcome limiting obstacles and step into their God-given destinies. He's considered by his peers and clients to be a master speaker and communication expert. His presentations are often described as entertaining, engaging, and transformational. Ken has over 30 years of full-time experience in various megachurches across the United States and brings those skills, plus his training in leadership and communication, to organizations as a transformation agent to affect change and help individuals and organizations grow into who they are supposed to be when he is not traveling and speaking he enjoys good movies playing pool visiting new places going to disney world and most of all his family it is my honor and pleasure to have ken hartley on today's show so ken tell us about how you became a master where did that journey start for you a magical teacher of all time. He's phenomenal at what he does. And I found out he lived in Orlando, which I visited often. And I love for Disney, you know, you mentioned that. And so while I was there, I would pay him and say, Hey, can I come in there? Will you teach me how to do some close-up things? And he won three championships in magic world championships. He's the only American to win, uh, the international, the United States, uh, and then another one with uh, the international brotherhood of magicians. He was the only guy to win all of those. And not the International Brotherhood, the FISM uh, is the name of that one. He won all of those. And so when I was going to him, this was a guy that was at the top of his game. I always say, you know, don't don't take money advice from uh, from a poor person. Uh, 
I don't take advice on where to eat from a skinny person. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to know what's what's good, you right, know, right. Look and make sure they're already doing what it is you want to do. But if you find somebody that's doing what you want to do, go to them. Uh, another one that's been a mentor in my life over the last two years is a guy that, that we know, Delatoro McNeil. Delatoro is just phenomenal. And Delatoro is actively, he, he's not talking about speaking. This this guy is a, a mentor to so many. He is a speaking beast. Uh, this guy on stage, he just, he walks into a room full of dead people and resurrects them. He lights them up like nothing you've ever seen. You know, uh, and then he, he gets done, and I mean, the room is all fired up, and I feel sorry for whoever has to go on stage after this guy. Well, he has a program called Crush the Stage. So that's a program that I, I participated in. I realized once I got into that program, I thought, man, I've got my hands on something here. This guy's phenomenal. And so I made it a point, again, pay to play. But what I've gotten back in return for that has been far beyond anything I've ever invested. Uh, not just monetarily, which it has monetarily, but also in, with the information because, as we all know, money's not the most valuable thing. Money can be replaced. Uh, time isn't the most valuable thing. Time can never be replaced. How you spend your time is the most important thing, but then also the knowledge that you have. That's something that, that you have to value in your life. It was Henry Ford. Uh, a student asked him one time and said, Mr. Ford, what would you, you're, you're this multimillionaire, you created this industry, what would you do if you lost it all tomorrow? He said, I'd make it back in about three years. Next question. Because he knows what's, what's between his ears, that knowledge that he has is much more valuable than the money. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, Ken, you're, you're, so, you're so well versed in, um, you know, in, in all that you do, right? So as, a, as you're, you're an accomplished speaker, a pastor, an illusionist, um, uh, a teacher, in so many aspects. I mean, there are some people that have multiple gifts like yourself. There's some people that have maybe one dominant one. What would you say, and, and this is a tough question, but what would you say is your dominant gift? And how did, and if, if, if you think there's a dominant gift, and how did you identify that dominant one? You're right, that, that is an extremely, extremely tough question. Uh, from the standpoint of sometimes in, in the journey, you know, all of a sudden this gift will rise up a little bit more than this other gift. And, you know, it just, it goes back and forth. But overall, I think my greatest gift is seeing something in other people they don't see in themselves and helping them draw that out of the well. Wow. Wow. Speak more on that. I, I came to the realization of that just because things that looked obvious to me, I, I would see somebody and think, why are they not doing this? Why, why are they not? Uh, I look at that person and I, I just heard them get up there on stage and, and fumble around speaking and they go, well, I'm not a speaker. And I'm sitting there listening to them, but they, at one point in the middle of their talk, they started talking about this one subject and then they light up, you know, and for, for maybe it, it's a, five minute talk, but for two minutes, all of a sudden they're on fire when they talk about this one thing and then they, they, they cool off and talk about something else. And I'm sitting there going, why don't you just talk about that the whole time? One thing that you got fired up about, that's obviously your passion. 
Well, you talk, well, you know, I thought about that, but no, 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 no. You need to go dive deep into that. But well, I don't think anybody would be interested in that. How do you know? I'm telling you, I was interested in it when you were talking about it. That's the thing I was most interested in. And so you begin to see things in other people that they don't see in themselves, which is always a lot of fun. You know, as, doing, as a pastor, when I would see people who had ability in acting or, or singing, and I would go to them and they would go, oh, I don't think I could really do that. And to watch them go from that self-limiting belief to I don't think I can do that, to be up on a stage in front of thousands of people and let that gift just soar, man, to me, that's what makes life worth living right there. See somebody step up, thrive, and step into their destiny. And you know, I had a friend a few years ago. Uh, as a police officer, and he did great as a police officer, but that wasn't his passion. He was a police officer because his passion was really the law. So there's the line there, uh, you know, because police officers and help enforce the law. But he really wanted to be a lawyer. That's what he wanted to do. And he was talking to me, and he said. You know, I, I think I'd, I'd really like to do this, but gosh, you know, I'd have to go to law school, you know, and in three years, I'm going to be this age and it's going to take me three years out of my life to do it. And I said, hold up. I said, you said three years, it's going to take you three years to do it. He said, yeah. I said, how old are you going to be in three years? He told me, I said, so you're still going to be that old whether you do it or not, right? And he said, yeah. I said, then why not? You're going to be three years older anyway. Why not do it? Why not go for it? Which he did. And he now today has a very successful law practice. Does a great job. Look at that. So, wow, you, you identified that in other people. Now, so how, how did you come to know this about yourself? Because one doesn't just wake up and say, I, I like to see the, the potential in somebody and bring it up. It, did, did others show you that you had this? How did you identify this in your in your journey? Uh, that was a process. And everybody has a passion. Everybody has something that they are completely passionate about. And it's the thing that wakes you up. I tell everybody it's what wakes you up in the morning and it's what keeps you awake at night. Mm, that's good. You, there are things that you just, you know, you're it's spinning in your mind when you, and you're thinking, man, tomorrow, I. And it's not things you're worried about. Let me say that. It's things that just ignite the fire inside you that when you talk about it, you just go, oh, I cannot wait to get out there and do this. I really want to do this. This is something that just burns inside of me. I, I exist to do this, you know. And everybody has those different giftings. I, I look at I look at somebody like you uh, who does social media and who is phenomenal at the digital marketing side of this thing and what you do. And that's not my gifting. I have to... For that, for me, I have to hire that and delegate that to get somebody to do it because it's not my passion. And look at those things that you really thrive in. What is it that people ask you about? What do people talk to you about? They come up and say, hey, ask your advice on this. What are people always, that's going to give you clues to what your passion is. Um, think about if I could do one thing for the rest of my life, what would that be? Now, the knee-jerk reaction of some people, I'd sit on a beach or I'd play golf or I'd do, you know, and the truth is, no, you wouldn't. You would do that two or three months. And then the, the inclination of every single one of us as human beings is to live life with purpose. We just want to coast through there. We want to have a purpose and a meaning in our life. What is it that ignites you on the inside and makes you want to do something? 
And there are great stories out there, tons of them, about people who are in one lane and then something shifts and something happens and they're all of a sudden they find their purpose and they're in that direction. I was recently uh, on a on a television show with Governor Mike Huckabee and he was interviewing me. Well, backstage, I'm talking to this woman. She's this beautiful woman dressed in blue and uh, talking to her, listening to her and, and talking about her passion. And I didn't know who she was. Her name was Ann Byler. I, I didn't know who she was. I know who that is, yeah. <laughs> so I had no clue who this lady is. And uh, as a matter of fact, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I want to pull this thing up here. And I know some people are listening right now and they can't see, but I, I got to just, this part I got to just show you real quick. Here, here it is. Let me find this. Okay. That's Ann Byler. Okay, there we are. Okay. Now look at her. She's 71 years old. Stop. Dude. Yeah. No way. Ridiculous. She <laughs> looks like some late 40s or uh, something. Exactly. It's ridiculous. So anyway, I'm talking to her, and then I realize Ann Byler is actually Annie Ann. Pretzels. That's who she is. And I'm going, oh, my goodness. And so I was sitting back there, and I said, you know, she's talked about part of her story, and she's got an incredible story of overcoming abuse and all kinds of things in her life. But I said, you got to tell me about Annie Ann's. I said, because, you know, I'm losing weight right now and I owe at least 30 pounds to your company. Uh, and she said, she, she laughed and uh, it's funny because she's looked at me and said, a pretzel a day keeps the doctor away. And I went, really? She goes, that's, well, that's not how I heard that when she goes, well, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Uh, but you see, she's a tiny little lady. What happened was her husband, was a counselor and he wanted to start a counseling ministry and make it free for and it, so it was a, a great thing but of course that costs money there's no such thing it's free you have to actually have money to fund the thing he wanted to make it free for the clients so she uh bought a place in the mall and she didn't say it but i don't know if you remember there was a, this may be before your time there was places in the mall called orange julius i remember that yeah and they had these fountain drinks, these sodas, but then they also had these little pretzels over on the side. And she said that, well, I got these pretzels and she said they tasted like cardboard. She said they were awful. And it was whatever they sent us and that's what we would make and they just never were good. And she finally looked at her husband and said, I'm taking these off the menu because these are terrible. And her husband said, well, don't do that yet. Bring the recipe home and let's play with it. So they began to play with it. And so what tasted really good and that's where Annie Ann's came from. They started making those pretzels. Well, then people, when they would come to the store in the mall, they weren't even getting the drinks anymore. They were selling pretzels like nobody's business. They couldn't sell enough of them. And so she realized she was onto something at that point and said, let's ditch this, let's rebrand. So again, shift. And all of a sudden, Annie Ann's was born and it never looked back. It just soared from there and it never stopped. So you got to be aware of those moments in your life passion crosses and so you got to, once you find that passion what you're good at now is her passion pretzels no she is a person who person of faith and she told me she said i sell pretzels to tell people about jesus she said that's my purpose in life that that's amazing that's an amazing story ken thank you for sharing that and and it's it's interesting right because 
you know, actually what your dominant gift is. And you didn't say singing, you didn't say acting, you didn't say teaching, you didn't say pastoring, all of those things you do, but you talked about the the end result of what you do for people, which is helping them to find that, that potential, that, that hidden thing inside of them. So that that I find that interesting because you also teach on gifting. So what, what what do you think? I mean, there's so many things that are important to know about gifting. But if you had to if you had to say what's the most important thing to understand about gifting, what, what would one what would you say? Because I'm, I know that people are listening. They're like, oh, I thought I thought you know, David, you introduced Ken as a speaker, a trainer, all of those things. Wouldn't that be his gift? What what would you say? How would you how would you break that down for someone? You're okay. You have to understand. What a, what a gift really is. A gift, you know, okay, there's, we think about a gift, like Christmas, we're coming up on Christmas. Gift is something that you, that you receive, but your gift is not truly just a gift for you. It is an investment, right? Uh, I believe that, that God doesn't just give us gifts. I believe he invests gifts. So what's the difference in that? When you give something, you don't expect anything back. You spend money, you don't you you spend money in exchange for something, but you don't expect to get anything back. I don't go and buy I, I, I don't go and buy a suit jacket and expect to go back two months later and get some money back for this jacket. Uh, but when a I put money, uh, let's say I invest in, in real estate. I expect to get money back. That's what an investment is. An investor gets an ROI, return on investment. God, I believe, looks at our gifting the same way. He sows something into us, but he expects something in return for that. And there's an you know, ancient story uh, called the parable of the talents, where something is sowed into, and then the master comes back and holds each person accountable for what they did with their gift. And the one who says, well, I knew you were a hard labor, hard master. You, you uh, reaped where you didn't sow. And I just took the gift and I buried it. Here you go. You gave me one. Here's one back. And the master looked at him and said, you wicked, lazy servant. At least you could have put it in the bank and gotten some interest back. Therefore, I'll take that one gift you have and give it to the one who has the most. And most people will go, gosh, that's so not fair. That's just mean. Here's the thing though. The master knew the one who took the gift and doubled it because that's what the other two did. They doubled their gift. He knew he could trust them with that. So when you have been given a gift, how, I, how do I break that down? That's why I didn't start out speaking and teaching. I just started out as singing, occasionally acting, and then I got into doing some of the illusions. And then after the illusions, somebody said, well, hey, will you talk about this? Okay, well now, or tell, tell us how you did this. Well, now I'm teaching all of a sudden. Okay, now you really broke that down pretty good. Could you come in here and could you speak on this? And so those gifts kind of started stacking. And I, I didn't see, I didn't start out and say, hey, I want to be a speaker. I, I really started out with, I want to, I want to get up there and do this stuff, and then I want to help people. And that has to be the, the reason. Your gift has been invested in you to be doubled, tripled, for the betterment of other people. And that's got to be the focus. It's got to be on others, not on you. If you put that gift and that focus on other people, all of a sudden you are multiplied like you would not believe. 
it was uh, Zig Ziglar, who I was privileged to know, who said, if you help enough people get what they want, you'll never lack for what you want. So you gotta throw that in there. So when people look at me and they say, well, I'm only gifted with this one thing. Great. How are you developing that one gift? Because most people wanna focus on the gifts they don't have. Focus on what you do have. Focus on what you have been given and develop that one gift. And that gift, uh, you know, the Proverbs, ancient Proverbs says that a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before kings. And a man, woman, doesn't matter. Your gift will open up doors for you if you'll develop it. So when people look at me and say, well, I'm not gifted in this, so I'm going to work on this thing that I'm not gifted in. No, don't do that. That would be like what I was just talking to you a moment ago. It'd be like me saying, you know, I'm not really good at social media and marketing. I don't know anything about it. I'm going to go and I'm going to learn a ton of stuff about it. Why would I do that when I know David? Why would I do that? Because David's already a 10 in that. So why not take my gifting that's a 10 and work on continuing developing my gift that are at a 10 and then let David operate in his gift at a 10 and then it'll balance out. Then we have two 10s operating. Whereas if I were to focus on you, probably the best I could ever be at what you do is maybe a four or five, maybe. And when I do that four or five, then my 10 gifting drops back down too because my focus is elsewhere. So focus on that gifting, develop those giftings, and you'll see those giftings will start to stack up. Other other doors will open up for you. That's powerful. That's profound. And, 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 and you speak on something that I think is really important, the, the development piece, because you can find your gift. That's what, the first step, right? But And you, you know what it is. But you can be, you can have a lot of gifting in you, but not develop it. But you took the time to develop your gifts. Can you explain that? I mean, I don't think other people understand the importance of this part uh, because I believe it's what separates greatness uh, is this development piece. Can, can you speak on the development of your gifts? What the gift that you've been given is, like I said, it's what's invested in you, and so there's a return expected on that investment. So what you do with that gift. How you break that down inside you and what and how you develop it is what's going to be important. Uh, I had natural ability as a singer. That was that's a that's a talent. That's that's a god that's a god given gift. There were, you know, if I could I could recognize pitches and notes. I, I knew what it was when it was playing. That's something that's just kind of placed. But I didn't just sit on that. I developed that out and I unpacked that. Uh, the greatest story I could tell you on this would be my son. I talk about this in my book, um, that uh, Leadership Illusions book. And it's basically my son, when he was starting out, he had a very severe speech impediment. He, he couldn't say his awes and he would talk white dis, white here, which when they're little bitty is cute. When they're eight, nine, ten years old, is not nearly as cute anymore and their friends are brutal, they're friends. So we realized that, that Drew had a problem in, in his speaking and his friends were making fun of him and it was particularly bad if he ever had to read because he would read one word at a time, just like that. And we had him tested, well, we realized his problem was his issue called binocularity. And his eyes did not work together. They didn't work in conjunction. Whereas most people could look at a sentence and their brain just picked the words up. He had to literally read one word at a time and couldn't, he hated reading, couldn't do it. 
And so we had to get him some therapy on that. And there was therapy. It was like, for instance, when you go to a 3D movie and you put on 3D glasses, you can actually see 3D. He couldn't because his eyes weren't working together. So we got through, got him therapy on that and resolved that issue where he could read. But I remember one day he came home to me and he said, Dad, I'm just stupid. And I said, what do you mean? He, I said, who told you that? He said, uh, he said, friends, and this this was at church too, which is particularly heartbreaking. He said, people at church tell me, he goes, and I just now believed it. And it, as a father, that was so heartbreaking. And so I just talked to him and I said, uh, son, let, let's sit down, let's talk for a minute. And this is how this relates to gifting. I said, if I were to offer you a, uh, a uh, offer you $2 million cash right now, or give you a penny that doubles itself every day for 30 days, what would you rather have? And no, my son, knowing me, went, I don't know. Because <laughs> he knew there was probably something to it, and there was. But a penny that doubles itself every single day, the first, you know, first day it's two cents, next day it's four cents, and so on. If you take that up to the 20th day, that penny becomes worth about $4,000 right in there, which is a far cry from two million. But between day 20 and day 30, that penny will be worth $5.3 million by the end of it. So I showed him that and I said, son, I want you to be the penny. There are people who are gifted right now who may be able to do more than you. And I understand that's true right now, but a person who has a talent and a gift that does not work on it will be passed by. It was Calvin Coolidge, president, uh, 30th president of the United States, who said there's nothing so common on this earth as talented, unsuccessful people. He said they are a dime a dozen. Well, Drew began to work on his gifting, on what he did do. He began to just double it. And he wasn't great at first. It was little by little. It was progress. Uh, when he was 14 years old, he was being bullied severely by this guy. He um, had bruises all over him when he would come home and uh, so Drew and I together, we said, we'll start taking karate together. I wanted to be with him. And he took to that thing just immediately. It just, I don't know why, but martial arts, it just was his thing. And his confidence began to build. Well, fast forward, he's 15 years old. The bully is actually 18. And Drew comes home and he's got scratch marks on the side of his neck. And I said, what is that? And he said, well, that's where the guy tried to choke me. And I... Uh, I said, okay, I talked to his parents and the mother looked at me and said, well, she's done. I can tell you've never raised boys. Boys will be boys. This is just how they do. And I couldn't believe she had told me that. So I looked at Drew. I said, okay, man, listen, don't break any bones. But the next time he does that to you, you plan him. <laughs> you, got, you got to have permission. And so sure enough, that was on a, on a Wednesday, Thursday. And then Friday, there was a youth fellowship at the church. And that guy came up behind Drew and, put him in a full Nelson and drew dropped his elbows, broke the full Nelson. Pick the guy up in a fireman's carry. That's like from the crotch over him in the ground, rolled over on top of him and pulled him into an arm bar. And the guy started screaming and drew said, Are you ever going to touch me again? He goes, no, no. He said, you ever touch my friends again? He went, no, no. And he let the guy go. And that was it. Uh, what funny part is that was on Friday, Sunday, the mother comes up to me and she goes, Ken, this thing is getting kind of out of hand. I looked at her and said, you know, boys will be boys. This just happens. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know that was bad, but you know. Uh, 
that's but Drew went on at 15 years old. He went to a thing called NAGA, which is the North American Grappling Association. He won the national championship in grappling for that age group. Uh, and he graduated from University of Tennessee, uh, Chattanooga, this last semester with a 3.9 in accounting. And he just got a job with Ernst & Young, which is one of the largest accounting firms in the world. Uh, we started work for them two weeks ago. And that's, you know, that's the penny that works on their gifts and doubles. That's the difference it makes if you do it. Amazing. That is so, such a profound story. Thank you for sharing that, Kenna. Uh, that is, that I know uh, is a leadership lesson. There's so many lessons in that. Um, and could you share now about, you, you kind of touched on it, uh, leadership illusions, right? You, you, you have a book that just came out. Would love to learn more for our listeners to learn more about that book and what that means. I mean, the title is very intriguing. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming, here's my assumption that, that you get into all the things in all the different areas because you, you, you're in business, you're in, you're in uh, entertainment, you're in um, uh, ministry. And so you've seen leadership across many different sectors. So um, I know there's a lot of wisdom that you're you're sharing in this. So you should touch on that for us. I, I appreciate that. Uh, yes, and there's hopefully there are a lot of things in this. This is 21 things people believe about leadership that are not true. And started with me being an illusionist and your eyes fool you. Your eyes fool you every day of your life. Your eyes tell you, you know, you can't see it, touch it, taste it, you know, it, it's not real, hear it, you know, that's, but that's not true because every single day of our lives, our eyes are lying to us. You know, there are certain things, everybody's experienced this where they're just sure of something. They're just sure. I know I saw that. And then they go back and they watch the video and they go, well, maybe I didn't. Oh, that guy was safe. No, no, he wasn't. He was out. I know they crossed that goal line. I mean, I was watching it and then you watch the video replay and you go, well, Oh, maybe you didn't. You're just, you're, you're fooled temporarily and your brain does the same thing. You know, it's the old story. If I were to say to, uh, there's a story about, uh, this, uh, this man and his son who are, are out somewhere and, uh, the terrible accident, they're in a terrible car accident and the ambulance takes them, rushes them to the hospital. The doctor walks in there to the emergency room looks at the boy and says, I can't operate on this boy. He's my son. Most people go, well, how's that possible? You know, the father and the son were, well, most people don't think, well, the doctor was actually the mother because our brains don't go to that immediately. Uh, there are just little things you don't think about. The world is full of illusions. Now, when people come to see me perform, they expect to be fooled. They want to be fooled. That's, that's part of the process. That's the entertainment value. But in life, leadership illusions things people believe about leadership that aren't true if you embrace if you embrace those you're going to be ineffective as a leader if you practice these you'll be out of business and so i tell the organizations i go into these are the things that will hold you back like the one that i just talked about with my son drew is uh just ignore it it'll get better that's not true nothing improves with age you have to be intentional about working on your gift take a Cadillac, stick it into a brand new Cadillac, put it in your front yard, leave it there for 30 years. I promise you that Cadillac will not be better than it was when you bought it. The wheels will be rotted off. The engine probably won't start. Uh, the elements will have decayed it. The same is true of our life. You have to be intentional about working on things. Uh, the other one is, you know, talent makes me worthy of leadership. That's what I said before. Talent, there's tons of talented people, but if you don't work on that gift, you don't work on the talent, develop it, 
then it's not going to get you anywhere. Those are a couple of examples of the illusions. Uh, the, another one would be assume everyone knows. Just assume they know. I told them, or I said it, they, they got it. And that's so not true. You have to be intentional about talking to people and understanding them. One of my favorite stories in this is about a, a lady in my choir. Her name is Elaine. And Elaine was, uh, she was had been divorced for many years and had met this wonderful man named Michael. And they came to me and said, would you be willing to do our, our marriage counseling, premarital counseling? We want to get married. And would you do the wedding? So be honored to do that. So I talked to them. We go through these uh, combat compatibility uh, tests, uh, evaluations, and they scored higher than any other couple ever had. They had completely realistic expectations about what marriage really is. I mean, it was so easy. So I am two weeks out from the wedding and I'm sitting in a restaurant in this booth and I'm looking through the bar and I can see this other booth on the other side of the bar and there I see Elaine and she's sitting really close and hugged up on this guy that is not Michael. I go, oh man. And I'm watching, I'm going, well, maybe it's like a family member. Maybe it's her brother or something. And then she kissed him and I went, not her brother. I thought, I'm going to have to go and I'm going to have to confront her. This is going to be the worst thing ever. They're getting up and they're leaving the booth and they're hand in hand. She kissed him again. And I said, I'm going to have to say something. This is an awful situation. I stand up, I'm leaving my booth and I'm walking toward where they are. And we meet just about where the lobby of the restaurant is. And I'm just about to go, because Michael's so wonderful. I'm going to go, Elaine, what are you thinking? And right about the time Elaine is about to escape my lips, she's looking right at me. There's a tap on my shoulder. And I turn around and it's Elaine behind me. And she said, Ken, I'm so glad to see you. Have you met my twin sister, Ellie? <laughs> and I, oh her, I looked at her and I said, no, but I've never been happier to meet anybody <laughs> in my life. All this time, I'd known her for a couple years. I'd done the counseling and she never mentioned she was an identical, I mean identical twin. I didn't. And so when you assume you know in leadership, that will derail you quicker than anything. So that's, there's some of the lessons. Oh, wow. That's that's game changing. People need to pick this up. Can Ken, tell us where we can get that book um, and order that because that sounds amazing. It is available at leadershipillusions.com, leadershipillusions.com, or it's also available at Hartley, H-A-R-T-L-E-Y, hartleyleadership.com. You can get it at either place. Wonderful. We're going to put that in the show notes and uh, for people to get that, secure that. I, that's, I'm the, wow, that's that's powerful. So, so Kent, uh, uh, any other aspects you want to share about your brand or your business that people can get involved uh, before we go into our last question? I, I'm available to come out. I help people and there's three particular areas that I focus on. There's the area of leadership, which is leadership illusions. There's communication. I have a book and that was one of the best sellers that on Amazon on disc, which is the uh, model of human behavior. And I talk about how to effectively communicate because if you understand yourself, if you understand the people that are around you better, then doesn't it make sense you'll be more productive. And that's the whole basis of that. So I talk about leadership, I talk about communication, and then another passion of mine that you've heard me kind of touch on here, and that's personal growth. I believe as you grow, everything else goes in your life. And I actually have an audio on my website called As You Grow, So It Goes. And that is just all about 
personal growth. You have to be able to work on yourself. It was Jim Rohn, fantastic speaker. Uh, he's passed away now. Jim Rohn said, work on yourself harder than you work on your job. You will do that. If you work on yourself harder than you work on your job, then you'll succeed. And I was on a, actually on a huge houseboat. This was a multi-million dollar houseboat with this millionaire uh, who had made his millions in direct sales. And I asked him, I said, give me, give me a success principle. Because every time I'm around somebody like that, I always see that. And that's, that's another nugget for people here. Anytime you're around somebody that's successful like that, always have a good question in your back pocket that you can look at them and ask them because that is a great opportunity to learn something. And most people don't ask them questions. They're intimidated. Don't be intimidated. Just walk up and say, I have a question for you. And most of these people are very willing to help. You may find a few every now and then, maybe a few jerks. But for the most part, most people are willing to help you. So I asked the guy, I said, what's the key? What's the key to, you've got all this, What? how did this happen? And he said, I'll tell you. He said, I worked on myself. And he said, when I, when I was working on my personal growth, he said, I found out that my income would rise up. He said, when I, and my income would always rise up to meet it. When I didn't work on myself, my personal growth lowered, my income would always match it. So I always learned every day to pour into myself. And people, I know people who will say, well, that's so selfish to do that. If you, if you get on an airplane, the first thing they're going to tell you on that airplane, they do that sales pit or their little uh, safety provider is if the oxygen mask drop down, if you're traveling with someone, put it on yourself first. Not selfish because if you're not okay, you can't help the people around you. That's what personal growth is. That's why your physical health is important. That's why you have to work on yourself. Uh, people don't look at athletes in the off season. Like right now we just finished baseball season. There are athletes in baseball that are in the gym right now working hard. Well, that's not selfish. They know the work they do in the gym is gonna make them a better team player in the spring. So work on yourself. Gold, that is gold, awesome. Yes. I help organizations do that and I'd love to help yours too. Yes, yes. Take advantage, uh, again, uh, Ken is an amazing uh, speaker, trainer. I've had the privilege to see him in action and. And I know you will benefit from utilizing him and his services. So again, uh, leadershipillusions.com. You can also go to hartleyleadership.com and we'll have the show notes so you can uh, take advantage of those opportunities. Uh, Ken, so the last question we always ask on the show, and uh, you being in ministry, this will probably, uh, not probably, this will, will resonate with you. Um, what is the difference between one's gift and one's purpose? What is the difference between one's gift and one, one's purpose? Your gift is what you have been given. Your purpose in life is how you use that to make other people better. Very clear to the point. Uh, that is tremendous. I hope you guys are taking notes on that. I mean, this whole interview, Ken has dropped so many nuggets of wisdom. Uh, can we, we I think there's a point uh, to clarify that I think there's a point that everybody comes to with their gifting when they realize their gifting honestly has nothing to do with them it's it's a pass-through entity it's been given to you for the betterment of other people I, I just I'm going to Israel again this is I think trip number 10 in March and there's a the lowest point on earth uh, on land is the Dead Sea the reason it's the Dead Sea is because, it, like I said, the lowest point, the rains hit and it floods those waters. If you were to drink uh, four ounces of water from the Dead Sea, it would kill you. 
It has nutrients in the water that people use for their skin. Doctors prescribe people to go out to the Dead Sea for healing for skin conditions. But it's the Dead Sea, nothing's alive in there because all it does is take in, it never gives out. There's no outlet. Same is true of us. Your gift has been given to you to help other people fulfill their life purposes. For other people, uh, it's, it's, I mean, what, what kind of gift is it for a, for a Pavarotti to sing if nobody ever listened to him? He never sang for anybody. What kind of, what kind of gift is it uh, for, uh, I know he's controversial right now, but for Kanye West, he never sang for anybody. Never, if he never used that gift for anybody else and he just kept it in his home, what kind of gift is that? Your purpose is where your giftings and abilities will intersect your, what God has called you to do, what you're here on this earth for. It intersects those two. And if you'll look at that intersection, oh my goodness, the impact you're going to make is going to be phenomenal. Beautiful. Ken, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for taking your time to uh, share and bless the people with all this wisdom. Again, we'll um, have the show notes and everything for people to take advantage of the resources. And uh, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Honored to be here with you, David. God bless you. I searched all over the world, struggling to find it. Then I'm Dear listener, I would like to thank you so much for listening to How I Discovered My Gift with yours truly, David D. Simons. As a token of my appreciation, I would love to give to you my most important piece of work to date, and it's called the Purpose Gift Tape. It's a motivational mixtape geared towards helping you to identify your gifts, which ultimately lead to you discovering your purpose. This is a six-track album I poured my heart and soul into. It includes beautiful beats and amazing spoken word over it, and I'd love to give that to you as a free gift as a token of my appreciation for being a part of the community. So to get your copy, all you need to do is go to podcast.daviddsimons.com. That's podcast.david, the middle initial D, Simons, S-I-M-O-N-S.com and get yours today. Thank you for being a listener. I'll catch you on the next episode.